And welcome, everybody, to episode 92 of the Regression to the Mean podcast. I am your host, Sean Moran. Joining me today is my good friend and co-host, Aiden Haller. It is Monday afternoon, 3.05 p.m. The Seahawks have not played the uh, have not played the New York Giants quite yet, but Aiden, it is Monday, and that can mean only one thing. We are diving through the waiver wire. Aiden, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Um, the waivers are getting thin. There's there's no easy way to put it. If you have played fantasy football before, this this should not come as a surprise to you, especially if you are in 12-man leagues. So we've got a couple things to highlight for you. But um, yeah, yeah, let's, let's get after it. On today's episode, we have week five waivers with fab bids. This is a big week. We have four teams on a bye this week. We have the Buccaneers, Chargers, Seahawks, and Browns. And we've had a ton of injuries. Guys like T. Higgins could be out for a while. Kenny Pickett has an MCL sprain. Pat Fryermuth has a hamstring injury. Javante Williams injured his hip. Something's up with Devontae Adams' shoulder. Mike Evans has banged up his hamstring. A lot is happening, right? Some of these guys are on a bye, thankfully, so you give them a week off to rest and recuperate. But we need the waiver wire stat to fill in for some of these bye weeks and for some of these injuries. But before we dive in, today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Fantasy drafts might be over, but you can still put your knowledge to the test and win cash prizes on Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy now has an exclusive offer for new customers. Not only will they double your deposit up to $100, they are offering a mystery pick'em special when you sign up using promo code RTM. Aiden, a lot of buys, a lot of injuries. Even though the wire doesn't look super appetizing, it could be the difference between victory and defeat in week five. As always, Aiden and I look at guys with sub-35% ownership across Sleeper, this week, I have a couple guys over 35, so for the third week in a row, I've kind of cheated, Aiden. You seem to stick to the assignment a little bit better I than I do. I cheated a bit this okay, week. Okay, you cheated, cheated a little a bit. I cheated a bit this week, yeah. Um, I drew out some lines. Okay, awesome. Before diving into our positions and the players that we are targeting, we're at a certain point in the season. We have four weeks of data, and it's okay to drop guys. We have a pretty good understanding of, of the guys that probably aren't going to be contributing anytime soon. And even if you cut them, we don't really feel that confident they're going to burn you in the long run because they're lacking true upside. I have five guys that I'm cutting right now if they're on my roster. I'm done with Joshua Kelly. Even if Austin Eckler misses time again, this guy's been dreadful. I, I want nothing to do with him. Um, I'm dropping Antonio Gibson. I'm out. That's Brian Robinson's role. Uh, yeah. Samaje Pirine, I'm out. You you don't really look very good. You kind of look like this year's Chase Edmonds. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm out. And uh, Sky Moore, I'm cutting Sky Moore. Um, Brandon Cooks and Traylon Burks, you are on the bubble, but I am not cutting bait quite yet with those two. So, yeah, I don't know. Add, any other guys are dropping? Add Josh Reynolds onto the list with uh, the return of Jameson Williams. Didn't look very good last week and is probably... Not going to carve out much of a bigger role, but could be wrong. He might be one week away. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I might hold on Reynolds to be frank, but now I get it. You know, Laporta looks like the clear two. We're struggling to even get Jameer Gibbs involved. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I don't feel like I'd be married on the chopping block. He might not be out yet, but the guys you said, yeah, like I dropped Antonio Gibson in the league this week. Um, 
uh, yeah, I'm probably a week away from Samaj P. Ryan, given that Javante um, might be out a week, hopefully. Um, not hopefully, you know, I hope he gets well soon. But for the sake of Samaj P. Ryan potentially carving out a larger role this week, I'm probably holding on to P. Ryan one more week. We'll talk a little bit about why I'm comfortable dropping P. Ryan when we get to the running back section here. And um, yeah. yeah, yeah, disappointing season for Sky Moore, to say the least. Very. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about another guy that I'm targeting on the Chiefs. When we get to wide receivers. All right, Aiden, you want to kick things off? I think we're going to start here with wide receivers, and I'm pulling up Sleeper here. I'm taking a look here at the trending players at each position here on Sleeper. But Aiden, looking at the landscape, looking first at wide receivers, who is one guy that you are targeting the most that's out there on the wire? Yep, so all I'm going to play by the rules to start. Um, we're going to go by a guy that is rostered in just 6% of leagues. Started by 1% of people who exploded onto the scene last week for 26 points. That is none other than Michael Wilson of the Arizona Cardinals. This is a guy that we highlighted um, during the summer as a guy who could carve out a role pretty early in this offense. Just given his skill set, he's the only large target, to put it nicely, in this offense. Uh, you've got Marquise Brown. You've got Rondell Moore. You've got Zach Ertz at the tight end position. But in terms of that wide receiver room, this guy is very unique, and it showed this week. He caught all seven of his targets for 76 yards and two tutties. Looked like to have really good rapport with Josh Dobbs. Um, yeah, looks like the clear number two in this offense. And again, going back to his size, this is going to be the red zone target. You saw him getting targets in the red zone. He's going to be your jump ball guy. You're not throwing a jump ball to Marquise Brown. You know, like This is a guy that I think who's only going to get stronger as the year goes on. Um, looking at him, what does he have next? He's Cincinnati, Cincy, the Rams, Seahawks, Baltimore, Cleveland. So, uh, wow, the Cardinals have a really hard schedule, but it they're exploitable yeah. matchups here. Um, yeah, he just did it to the Niners, man. That's and a good the defense, Cowboys, you know, scored ten and points the against the Cowboys in Week Three. Yeah, scores twenty six point six points on sleeper here in PPR against the Forty ers That's legit. It it really is yeah. a production. This is the only guy, in my opinion, that I would spend like really any significant fab on that's under the 35 to 40 percent threshold um depending on what your wide receiver room looks like i'd i'd be comfortable spending in like the 20 to 30 percent range potentially this guy looks legit i don't think this is fool's gold um i don't think yeah what 70 percent snap share he's gonna be on the field a ton uh josh dobbs looks like he's going to be the quarterback for the foreseeable future as well there's really no need for them to rush kyler back given the play that they're getting from this guy so no, Michael Wilson. I don't know. What would you spend on Michael Wilson this week? How how comfortable are you in this breakout, or is this more fool's gold to you? Um, okay, so that was a good question. I had him a little bit lower than what you had. I had ten to twenty percent of Fab, but you're at twenty to thirty. I honestly yeah. think I'm more leaning towards your side of it now, considering that a lot of Fab has been spent. So ten to twenty or twenty to thirty really isn't marginally that big of a difference. I think if you've missed out on the Tank Dells, the Pugas, if if you've missed out on Kieran Williams, the Devon Chain, I don't know if Michael Wilson's going to return that kind of value, but he is someone in that vein that I would be ultra aggressive with. And I'm comfortable with 20 to 30% of fab. He's locked into two wide receiver sets. This Cardinals team is surprisingly frisky. He broke out against an elite 49ers defense. You know, we know that rookies tend to come along as the season progresses, but he's currently wide receiver 32 on the season after four weeks. 
I think he can maintain an upside wide receiver four type player and could even explode in the event that the Cardinals are frisky and Kyler actually comes back. I think we're ignoring this case that Kyler does come back and he's good. Now, I, you know where I land on this. I personally have believed that Kyler has played his last snap for the Arizona Cardinals. However, they don't look like the worst team in football. And the Texans surely don't look like the worst team in football. So all of a sudden, those, you know, they were going to have the first two picks in the NFL draft next year. That looks a little different through four weeks. So maybe it does make more sense for Kyler to come back. So I'm just, I'm confused on, on how that'll play out. I think it's changing a little bit. I don't think this team's tanking as as once was perceived. I really think they're coached well, and I think Wilson's legit. I got a firsthand experience watching this team. I'm, I'm a huge 49er fan, so I watch the Cardinals close up, and Wilson looks great. I'm I'm really confident in him, and yeah, I think 20 to 30% being aggressive. Like This guy's a third-round pick. Tank Dell was a third-round pick. Josh Dobbs looks really solid. Um, CJ Stroud looks amazing. I think there's some parallels here to Tank Dell. Both guys played in the Senior Bowl. Both guys shined at the Senior Bowl. I, I would be ultra aggressive with Michael Wilson. Um, and guess what? If you lose out, you lose out. But you lost out on Puka. You lost out on Kyron Williams. You lost out on some of these big name guys. It's time to get aggressive when a rookie pops like that and has their you know spike week. So yeah, I'm I'm locked in as Michael Wilson being the priority ad this week. Wow, that was that was. I did not expect to be so passionate about Michael Wilson. Yeah, wow. you were moved by Michael wow. Wilson. I, I I'm, that was. I'm watching. That was compelling. And um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of all in now. I just talked myself into it. You gotta love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. The uh, the next guy that I have here, uh, he's rostered at 23 percent, currently trending as the ninth wide receiver right now on sleeper as a pickup. Rostered in 23 percent of leagues. I have Michael Gallup here as as a guy that I'm targeting. Um, I drafted Brandon Cooks in a couple leagues this year. Didn't really take him super high by any means, but kind of was like, eh, ninth round dart throw, 10th round dart, dart throw on Brandon Cooks. You know, wide receiver two is going to be valuable in this offense. But through the first four weeks, Michael Gallup really is emerging as the wide receiver two. Uh, Brandon Cooks last week was playing in a 28-point blowout with Deuce Vaughn and Jalen Tolbert on the field. <laughs> So Not you a see, good look, man. yeah, you see, you see, Michael Gallup's snap percentage is fifty three there. It's because they took him out with Ceedee Lamb and Tony Pollard when that game was over. They put him on ice. That's how valuable I think they think, and I think that's just an idea of the pecking order with Gallup. He was a little slow to come out of the gates, you know, two points, one point, three points. However, over the last two weeks, Gallup is second in targets per route run on the Cowboys, second receptions, second air yard share, first in yak per reception, and the Cowboys are going to be playing in less blowouts soon. Like this offense is is about a print, in my opinion. They have matchups with the Niners, the Chargers, the Rams, the Eagles, the Giants. They're going to have to pass in these games. I don't imagine them blowing out teams by 30 points like they've really done in three out of these four games. It's just been absolute blowouts. So in an actual game where the Cowboys are losing, trailing in a, in a negative game script, he has six catches for 92 yards, which I think is a positive sign for things to come. Um, historically Gallup has played well as a wide receiver you know he tore his ACL and he's kind of been working his way back but I, I think Gallup is a fine stasher and shout out to Keegan Thompson who's probably uh, Michael Gallup's second biggest fan outside of his mother so um, uh, we, we Keegan was all over this one uh, earlier in the year um, yeah yeah I think to your point me and you me and you saw Brandon Cooks being the number two and it's it's trending in the opposite direction right now so yeah, yeah. I'm with you on Gallup there. The Dallas defense is not going to continue scoring two touchdowns a game and like completely taking 
these Dallas offensive players out of fantasy. So, um, yeah, better times are to come. Good time to buy low. He's available, what, I think you said in, what, like 80% of leagues? 77% of leagues you can pick up Michael Gallup right now. Yeah, yeah, pretty low. So, yeah, no, good time. That's probably a much lower bid. What I'm probably not spending more than 5 to 10% on Michael Gallup. 5 to 10%. No need to be aggressive, but I'm just saying this guy, as the season comes along, could get that um, Brandon Cook's role that we thought would be valuable. And if that's the case, he should be rostered in all formats. I'm going to do the two cheap ones real fast as now that I'm looking at your screen, they are number two and three there. Okay. Um, Jameson Williams is a no brainer. He is, he is coming off his uh, suspension. So Jameson Williams is back. Um, he has served. No, he has one more, right? No, he has one more. Yeah, that's right. He has uh, one more week left, but yeah, Jameson Williams available in 50% of fantasy leagues figures to slot in as the number two receiver, probably the number three overall passing option, maybe even fourth. But he's absolutely worth a flyer. That's still first round draft capital and an uber talented guy. So go get Jameson Williams if he's still available. He's nowhere in any of my leagues, sadly, um, or else I would be putting bids on him. But Jameson Williams, he's an absolute freak athlete, has had just like an awful go at it in terms of like the start to his career. But they've spent too much on him and they're severely lacking another like serious threat in that offense behind ARSB and Laporta. So, um, yeah, this is a guy that makes a ton of sense to be on your rosters. This is a uh, great pick, in my opinion, for just pure upside. Um, yep. It He might not be anything. He might be something. But it's just a pure upside swing, and it's worth the uh, worth the risk. You have Romeo Dobbs as your next one? Yeah, he's – it's just I, – I was going to talk about him last week. He's now too rostered. Um, the dude's been a top 20 wide receiver in three out of four weeks and has now seen 10-plus targets in his last two weeks. This is only rostered in 60% of leagues. I spoke about it this summer as a potential, like, as a possibility in this Packers offense that he could be the wide receiver one. I think he's going to be a far more consistent floor than Christian Watson, whether people like to hear it or not. Christian Watson, we always knew, is our boomer bust guy. He's going to hit the absolute home run ball. But Jordan Love is showing he's very comfortable with Romeo Dobbs. Um, lots of targets, consistent production. This is a guy that like we're talking about potentially slotting into your lineups as like a wide receiver three or four. It's wide receiver sixteen right now, and that's yeah, with Watson out. So big caveat here. And but I think your your thesis here is that there is room for both of them to eat. Without a doubt, Jordan Love has performed much better than I think anyone could have expected, and given what we kind of know as Watson's strengths, like Romeo Dobbs could be the guy that's kind of like filling up, you know, in between the forties in between the twenties, whereas Watson's hitting your home runs and kind of some of those touchdowns. So no, I, I think Romeo Dobbs roster ship is still um, far too low. I think after this week, he'll be 80% plus. Um, there's no reason for him to still be available on rosters at this rate. 12 targets in week three, 13 targets yeah. in week four. Very it's, curious to see the shakeout. Super telling of his role. With uh, with Christian Watson back in the fold, Watson was able to get home in a limited yeah. capacity. Again, we're recording this on Monday afternoon, so this player has not played yet. But the next guy that I think is worth picking up, and he's only rostered in 12% of leagues, is Wandell Robinson. 
And um, and you, you also Jameson Williams, R- Romeo Dubs, real quick. Fab budget. How do we feel about that? Like, drop a substantial amount if they're out there. Correct? Go on Dobbs or yeah. or which one? Probably both of them, right? They're pretty similarly fifty yeah. percent and sixty percent. You like thirty percent Fab if they're out there. Yeah, I agree. I I do similar bids on them with like Michael Wilson. Okay, um, I think those should be like twenty to thirty percent guys. Okay. Those are like real contributors that we've seen now. Wandale Robinson rostered in 12% of leagues. This is a guy I'd only really invest around 5% of my total fab on, so not too much. Again, we're recording this two hours before Monday Night Football kicks off. Uh, This Giants offense needs some juice. Paris Campbell has been pretty dust to start this season. Uh, The offensive line hasn't really held up enough for um, Darius Slayton to hit home on deep shots. This offense has just been kind of a mess through the first three weeks of the season. Uh, Wandale last season when he was out there, I mean, the guy was seeing a ton of targets. He didn't play a ton, but he, he when he got snaps, he, Daniel Jones was looking at him, looking at him often. But, you know, the game before he tears his ACL, 13 targets, nine catches, 100 yards. He comes back on limited snaps in week three against the Niners on Thursday night. He plays 22% of the snaps and sees five targets. He kind of did his best Alvin Kamara there with four catches for 21 yards. It's not going to look super pretty, but in a PPR format, Wandale Robinson's going to be able to get you like 10 to 12 points per game, in my opinion, because considering his short dot, considering he's a slot, considering that he wins and gets open, and considering that the Giants offensive line is just not good, and he benefits directly from like Saquon even being out and missing out on dump-offs. So I'm, I'm very curious to see if he has a really good game and sees more snaps. Uh, Monday night when this is when people are going to be watching it after the game. So I might look like a fool. Um, but I, I just think Wandale is like the perfect guy to put 5% on. And hey, if he's still out there, oh, you won't. He'll be locked. I wish I could just add him right now, um, but I can't. But it, he's somebody that I'm really curious to see how he does against the Seahawks tonight at home. Kind of a must win game for the Giants. Do you have any other wide receivers? Because I have a, two kind of quick hitters that are over 34%. Yeah, I've just got a quick hitter. Um, I think Braxton Berrios is actually an interesting one. Um, I think this is more of like an insurance like stash play. Um, he's clearly the number three wide receiver in this offense when you look at snaps. Um, just came off a really productive game. Caught all six of his targets for 43 yards and a touchdown. Um, if anything were to happen to Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle, um, this guy becomes extremely valuable. This Miami Dolphins offense is going to continue to hang 20 to 30 points a game, and they're going to be in three wide receiver sets where Braxton Berrios gets touches. So, again, this is not someone I'm rostering to start, but if you've got the bench and you're maybe just looking to trim a guy, you know, like some of those other guys we talked about, a Brandon Cooks or something, I think Braxton Berrios makes a ton of sense as, like, one of your last bench spots. 4% ownership, what do you think, in like 1% to 2% fab? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah that's probably going to have to take a bit. You might be that. able to get them for zero. You might be able to get them for zero. Um, other guys that I wanted to talk about, they're actually here in the trending down section because um, <laughs> I just think that they're guys that you maybe should be on the lookout for. The first one is, oh, Quint- is. First one is Quentin Johnston. Whole lot of red uh, on this page. It does not look good. He's probably had one of the worst starts you could have in the first four weeks of an NFL career. Maybe not worst. He hasn't really done anything terrible. They just really haven't been able to get him going at all. Um, I, in my notes, I have it's been bad. It's been really bad. Um, but people are going to drop him, and you're just going to need to pick him up. He's, 70, he's 67% rostered. They have a buy this week. There are plenty of people that are impatient, going to cut bait, try and add that second quarterback because maybe Justin Herbert's on a buy. Maybe they have um, 
who else is on a bye this week that's important? Maybe they have uh, you got... Geno Smith on a bye, right? Like, or maybe they have Deshaun Watson and they're looking for a fill-in, right? Um, Baker, yeah, those are all guys. He could be cut. He's played the most percentage of snaps so far in his career with 51%. Yeah, I was going to highlight that. It's double, It doubled this He's week. He's going so, into like, a bye week. And typically, this is a really good week to integrate rookies into the offense. And they can start to create plays for him, start to get him in rhythm. And it's this theory called the post by rookie bump. And that could be incoming. So if you have QJ, I'd hold off on cutting him. If you see QJ land on your wire on Thursday or on, I mean, Wednesday when the wires go through, I think he's worth the picking up. And I, I would be pretty aggressive, um, 10 to 20%. I just feel like it's such a good dart throw considering rookie breakouts come later in the season. And um, I just feel like this is the time to strike if he ends up on the wire. Uh, last yeah. guy, too, and I saw him. I don't know why he's trending down um, as a wide receiver. But somebody that I'd pick up here is Rishi Rice. So he's only owned in 51% of leagues. Um, but his snap percentage has slowly crept up. This week, three snap percentage is a little fugazi because that game was such a blowout. But 46% of the snaps in a close game is a really high degree of confidence here for Rice. Um, he was on the field again for almost 50% of the snaps. On a limited basis, this is where Rishi Rice leads the Chiefs wide receivers. He leads them in targets per route run, yards per route run, receptions, and target percentage. It's insane. That receiving core is terrible. It's desperately it's needs so someone bad, to step dude. up. Um, he's second in target rate only to Travis Kelsey. He's had some drops. He looks like a developmental guy, but they might need him to develop sooner rather than later. And I think this is a stash, but he's high upside. I'm, I'm willing to go that same 10 to 20%, even more aggressive, 15 to 20%, can like kind of in that same QJ range. He's honestly been better than QJ to start, which is kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> but these are both guys that if you see him on the wire, you should be picking him up. Any other wide receivers you want to shift over to uh, the poo-poo platter no. that he's running back this week? Yeah, let's go to RB. My list is is short. It is short. It there is not much out there in the running backs. Starts with with one guy, right? I think, yep, yeah. that's the no brainer. Yeah. No brainer here. Um, Jaleel McLaughlin rostered in two percent of leagues. So, I've seen that Javante isn't going to miss much time. Is that what you've seen too? Uh, yeah, I've seen it's not serious. He, uh, okay. I don't even know if he's missing any time. Okay. Um, so there's. Two things that we need to factor here for McLaughlin. I want to pick your brain on it. And I, I'd love your opinion. So there's yep. the there's the line of thinking that Javante will miss a week or two, and McLaughlin slides in as the in a fifty fifty split with P Ryan because P Ryan will maintain his snap share, but McLaughlin is kind of a higher upside guy than P Ryan. You should pick him up because he could be like a fringe RB two flex play for you for two weeks. There's also this other side of it that McLaughlin even with Javante healthy, commands a higher percent of the backfield, and he's worth rostering regardless, and then makes this the most, um, just an awful, back, like three-headed monster. You awful. can't start anybody. Yeah, just like literally 33% split. You want nothing to do with it. And there's another scenario where McLaughlin takes P. Ryan's spot, and then it's Javante and McLaughlin, right? So I don't, I don't know how it's going to shake out. Those three scenarios are on the table here. What do you think is the most likely outcome for this backfield and for McLaughlin? I'm going to guess it's the first one, if we're being completely okay. honest. Um, I think 
obviously Javante, when healthy, is going to assume his role. And given the amount of money put into P. Ryan, I find it hard to believe, especially with his like third down role. Um, I find it very hard. I think if anything, you're probably looking at Jaleel taking more of like the early carries, but I don't see him taking those from Javante. But it was like, dude, it, like it was like ten yards a touch. He had like he had some bursts. He had a couple really nice touches. Um, take it with a grain of salt against the Chicago defense. Is um, it's just not very good. This is a guy they were super high on all offseason. I was actually surprised he didn't get more touches at all. Um, weeks one through three which I think would indicate kind of which scenario do we believe it is. And maybe it is that first one that it's just, you know, <clears throat> he's talented, but the two guys ahead of him are just better or they just feel better about him. So he's worth rostering. He's for a sure. tiny guy, That's dude. 5'7", 187. There's, a, there's probably a reason why he hasn't seen it. That's a tiny running back, man. That's yeah, a so guy. I don't know. This is 5% at most, especially yeah. if Javante misses time. Um, if I'm a Javante owner, probably I'm trying to get him like, I don't even know how aggressive I'm trying to get with him. It's, I don't know. A New York Jets defense, too. That's, they've been about league average against running backs, but that figures to be a game where, if I had to guess, the Broncos are not going to do a whole lot on the offensive side of the football. All right. So here, here is the bulk case for McLaughlin. In week four, seven carries, 72 yards, three catches, 32 yards, a touchdown on three targets. If you compare this with P. Ryan, right? And we're, we're pulling up Samaje P. Ryan's numbers here. P. Ryan, six attempts for 12 yards, two catches, two targets, 23 yards. The Broncos went down in this game 28-7, to and they rode a undrafted rookie who is 5'7", 187 pounds in the comeback. He played really well. Javante Williams is coming back off of the ACL. He hurts his hip. Well, I don't, like, what's the reason to rush Javante? You can give him a week off. Let the rookies yep. spill in. But there's just a situation here where McLaughlin is good and commands a higher percentage of this backfield share. And again, I said Pirine's worth cutting. Pirine just hasn't been good this season outside of 11.8 points on, on in week one against the Vegas uh, Raiders. So I, I feel pretty encouraged by 19.4 fantasy points, even in a soft matchup. But with 33% of the snaps, it's a really impressive week from McLaughlin. I'm going to land here on a 5% bid. I think that there is stash upside if you hold on to him for multiple weeks, even if Javante gets hurt. I mean, the re-risk of injury for Javante is is pretty huge considering the injury that he rehabbed over the summer and how fast he came back. And Javante hasn't looked that great, honestly. So um, it, it's not going to be pretty, but this is where we're at. And outside of Wilson, I'd probably put Jaleel here as my number two target on the waivers just because he could in a weird way. If you like flip a coin a bunch of times, there is a scenario where he's like all of a sudden commanding 50% of the backfield and he's good. So you have, you can't ignore that kind of upside. It probably won't happen. So that's why it's a 5% bid for, on fab, but he he's worth taking a risk on in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, who else you got? I, I'm gonna keep going back to the well, and I know it's it's not sexy at all, but I'm picking up there he is. I'm picking up Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray's rostered in eleven percent of leagues. Um I'm only gonna give three percent of my fab. You're you're not bidding against anyone unless people listen to this podcast and they've heard me show Latavius Murray now for the third week. I will say this I'm a James Cook owner in a decent amount of I mean I'm a James Cook manager in a decent amount of leagues. 
So I, I have a good amount of James Cook roster ship, and I now have some bench spots that I think are ready to, to rotate in a new player. And I think Latavius Murray is such a valuable handcuff right now to James Cook, considering that he's the clear number two behind Cook and in front of Damian Harris. Since week two, he scored 11 points, 9 points, and 7.6 points. You're like, oh, Sean, that's literally nothing. I get it, but he's only played in 23, 25, and 33% of the snaps. Last week, he averaged 8 yards a carry. He averaged 12 yards per, per reception. He's just been legit. Like, he lost some of his goal line share to James Cook this week. Thank goodness. But he actually gained more snaps in between the 20s, which was interesting. I don't know. He, this is a pure handcuff bench stash guy. But if anything happens to James Cook, Latavius Murray is easily sliding into like a mid round, mid range, like low, low end RB2, right? And that's a high quality handcuff right now. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Do you have any other running backs? Yeah, the only one I wanted to make note of, which I I think we've already highlighted before, is Chuba Hubbard. That's exactly um, who I had. Good. So good. he actually out he outsnapped Miles Sanders last week. Um, Miles Sanders' bottom line hasn't been very good this year. He's averaging less than three yards a carry. The only thing that's really keeping his value alive is his pass catching ability, which has been fine. It's not like he's doing much better through the air with his receptions, but there's a world where Chuba Hubbard is the running back one in this backfield. Um, that offense actually looks better when they run the football, um, given how Bryce Young is just not quite where we thought he was going to be um, thus far. And Chuba Hubbard is, yeah, what, he's 30%, what is that? Yeah, 32% rostered. Um, I would absolutely grab him. Again, like, I always kind of come back to it, like, especially if you're a Miles Sanders owner, because given where you drafted Miles Sanders, if it really happens where, you know, this flips and Chuba Hubbard's taking 70% of snaps at some point. Like, you're completely out of that kind of draft capital, whereas you draft Chuba, one of them maybe emerges, one of them figures it out, and then at least you've got the other one. Um, but I don't know. I think Chuba's at least worth it. He he shows burst. He just He's looked better than Miles Sanders this year. This yeah. is the back that I would want to own if I had to own either one of them low bit again maybe three five percent if that but um i have a three percent i have a three percent bid on chuba so we featured him in week one i called him out as a stash and he hasn't you know he scored 10 points in week two did nothing in week three um this offense is not good and it's going nowhere fast miles sanders last week went from a full practice to a limited to a dnp to a play and then played less than 50 percent of snaps so he's banged up you know, we're talking about a guy who the last two weeks has had two yards per carry and 2.93 yards per carry, all right? The first two weeks, he was a lot more efficient on the ground. Uh, Miles Sanders has not necessarily been very good. He's been seeing a ton of targets. I just, I think Chuba is a better option right now for the Panthers, considering that Miles Sanders is banged up. And if we're in a situation where it's late in the year and Miles Sanders is, you know, on a two-year deal, essentially, with guaranteed money for year two... He's, he's technically a part of their short-term future. They might be in a situation where they probably just decide to rest him right down the stretch. I know they don't really have much to lose in terms of getting uh, higher draft capital in the first round, but I don't know. This could be a real real lost season real fast for the Panthers, and uh, Chuba could be a volume merchant. So he's worth taking a stash on. Um, I, he's probably one of my lowest priority players out of everyone we've chatted through, but uh, 3%. 
now that I'm thinking, if 3% is Chuba and 3% is Latavius, I think I'm down for like 7 to 8% on Jaleel, just like in retrospect. But Yep. Yeah, I'd rather have him over at those two as well. It's rough. Headliner, go pick up Michael Wilson. That's the headliner yeah. for this. The uh, running backs are tough. Um, I actually like some quarterbacks yeah. if if you want to jump over there. Um, so this he's, is a guy. He's that, right like, here. He's right here. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm not doing Should it. Should I click Mitch Trubisky? Should I, I do it? Do it. I, I can't quit you, Mitchell, but um, <laughs> it's nice to see you back. Um, no, this is a guy that that I think we were a little too hard on last week um, in just his fourth NFL start. That has a pretty plus-plus mat. Like, I'd consider starting him this week, and that's Sam Howell, exactly. Um, yeah, dude. Take out his nightmare week three, and he's been QB 11, 14, and 13 on the year. Again, he had started one NFL game coming into this year. And I think we were a bit too harsh on him. The Bills defense ate him alive. Like, so be it. But his first game last year was pretty good. And again, he absolutely hung punched tongue, punch to punch with that. Say with that punch. Philly, I thought you were going to say no, tongue punch. No, no. Not safe for work. Uh, with that Philly defense. Granted, sure, that defense is not quite as good this year. But you go for two and you're looking at a game that Washington absolutely steals on the road in Philadelphia there at the end. So Sam Howell going in on a short week, not going in, going back home against an absolutely terrible Chicago defense. This is a guy I'm considering starting this week. I think he's a pretty clear path to a top 10 QB play, given that he also has rushing ability. The Bears have given up the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. This is... I don't know. This is a sneaky good play given <laughs> last week. Yeah, he, he's only rostered in 20% of leagues. I'd assume um, in your leagues this week, this will be the quarterback that will be at the top of people's uh, priority list given that CJ Stroud is not still available. Sam Howell has, uh, has scored again 15 points against Arizona, 21 points against Denver, 0.6 against the Bills, and 19.5 against the Eagles. Uh, the Bears have surrendered 21 fantasy points per game to the position, which is second worst. I mean, this is like the ideal Justin Herbert starting a pinch guy, right? I mean, I- I'm starting Sam Howell over Burrow in a super flex league this week. That's how over yep. uh, Joe Burrow I am. I am yep. not playing Burrow until I see it. So that's where that's where I'm at. I think Sam Howell, you're going to play him in good matchups and probably bench him in bad ones, right? I mean, that, yep. that's, that's kind of where we're at. The guy can get after it a little bit on the ground. He's been he's had like a decent amount of like attempts or I don't know. I, I, every time I'm on red zone, it seems like he's scrambling. But last week was his first week where he had you know over 20 yards rushing. He had 40, so we we love to see that in fantasy. Yeah. Um, I think he has a relatively safe floor, and we haven't really seen a huge pop week yet. And and we said this all along. This uh, this commander's offense just had except for the offensive line, which is terrible. Uh, they have good receivers and good running backs, and Bienemy's calling creative plays, and I, I like it for him. You he's know? in a good position. I, yeah, he's just in a good position. He looks better than Kenny Pickett. Okay, I'll give him that. Um, Floor's low. The next quarterback I have here is Joshua Dobbs. <laughs> um, we, what a dude. We highlighted this uh, last week where I was like, I'm a week away from recommending Josh Dobbs as a, as a, as a waiver wire ad. He's rostered in 9% of leagues. Um, and it's Sam Hell next week again for Fab. I'd go five to seven percent, especially if you have like Justin Herbert and you need a good starter. 
I'd be semi-aggressive. You got to lock in a win when Herbert's on a bye, right? So I, I would bring in, I'd be bringing Hal there, get aggressive. Um, Josh Dobbs, rostered in 9% of leagues. I'm at it like a 3 to 5% bid. Don't get too crazy. He could turn back into a pumpkin here at, at really any minute. Um, has matchups with Cincinnati, the Rams, Seattle, and Baltimore coming up. Pretty much everything we highlighted about Michael Wilson, it can kind of apply here to Josh Dobbs in terms of the Cardinals being friskier, their offensive coordinator being a good call play caller, the infrastructure being pretty solid. After a week one in a game in which he scored less than a fa- single fantasy point, he scored 25 points, 17 points, and 23 points against the Giants, the Cowboys, and the 49ers. That's insane against the 49ers and Cowboys uh, running out that well. In his last three games, he's rushed for 41 yards, 55 yards, and 48 yards. I kept waiting for him to throw a pick or take a sack. It never happened. He played really well. He's dialed with this offensive coordinator. I mean, this is crazy, the rushing yards. I this. I mean, he's a legit play here. And if you're in a super flex, sure. he's you're, becoming startable. He's in a super flex, you're playing him. Like, just straight up, he, in, until he proves that he's a pumpkin, uh, the rushing upside alone is, is so legit. I mean, you're, he you're has getting... two top 10 finishes. He's two top 10 finishes. Like, you have to, like, you have to acknowledge this and put him in your lineup at this point, especially in Superflex. Like, no debate in Superflex. He's in your lineup. I have a note here the Cincinnati Bengals, who Josh uh, plays this week, week five, they've surrendered 17 fantasy points per game to the position, which is about middle of the pack, about league average. However, they have given up the fourth most rushing yards to quarterbacks this season, the Cincinnati Bengals. So that makes his play so safe because we're looking at f- like what? That's probably 50 yards that I can just pencil in. That's f- five point floor that we're already starting with, in my opinion. And if he gets in the end zone, he's gonna he's gonna hit his projection, right? If he scores a exactly. rushing touchdown, and did you see that? Okay, I don't know if a lot of people are watching this again because I'm a 49er fan, but and I, I take a take a shot every time I say that, but. They ran the tush push perfectly with him. They converted yeah. three tush pushes perfectly. Gannon, you know, coming from the Eagles, I guess knows the secret sauce where other he's guys six aren't three, able to do dude. It. Like he's he's a big dude. Like you don't want to do it with like small like like this is a big strong guy. Like he absolutely works for that. So yeah, that's that's who I'm picking up. Do you have another quarterback here before we transition to tight end? Yeah, I think I think this guy should get some love given like he consistently gets shit on and he's got a pretty awesome matchup this week as well. We've already highlighted the the second worst uh, defense against no, quarterbacks, and it's Zach Wilson. Oh um, my goodness! I just clicked on this, Zach Wilson's name. I did not recognize what I was seeing in the second half of last night's football game. It felt like they took the training wheels off and kind of let him sling it, and it was working, dude. Like the tools with Zach Wilson have never been the issue it just feels like he's always making bonehead plays leaving the pocket too early but like this dude was standing in the pocket backyard or not backyard back shoulder fades like it was it was awesome what he was doing and yeah denver has given up the most amount of points to fantasy qbs so i don't know i don't know if you're actually rostering this guy but given the matchup given some buys if you've got the stones to start zach wilson and he ends up giving you like a 20 or 30 piece like I'd be victory lapping that one forever. It's you've got to acknowledge what he did last night. The kid, the kid balled out. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes last night. Yeah, nineteen fantasy points that I'm looking at is crazy. He had the rush. Uh, he had the two point conversion. He rushed in. His his counting stats were great. Uh, Denver is pretty bad. And then you know what? Yeah, league worst. 
the Eagles secondary and linebacking court isn't very good. Now I'm a little concerned about that pass rush getting home to Zach Wilson, but um, you know, if you're able to protect against that Eagles it's a front good matchup, man, it's uh, a good matchup. It's, it's and I would recommend Baker Mayfield, but because because Baker's QB 13 on the season, 16 points, 18 points, 10 points, 22 points. However, he's going on a bye and then he's coming back and he's playing Detroit, Atlanta, Buffalo, Houston. Tennessee Niners. It's it's kind of a brutal schedule. It's kind of brutal uh, for for Baker and the Bucks. So I don't know. I feel like and but hey, I would have said New Orleans was a tough matchup, and he just had a great game. So he's on he's on standby. He was an ad that we, we were talking about after his nice week against Chicago. Basically, if you have a player playing Chicago or Denver, uh, start him. We'll we'll start him here. Start him. Um, for tight end, I only have one. And um, it's death taxes and me recommending Jake Ferguson. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's rostered in 51% of leagues, so it's kind of cheating. But this is what where he ranks top 10 in right now in underlying statistics. He's top 10 in air yard share, target percentage, targets per route run, yards per route run, first read percentage, end zone targets, and expected fantasy points. The guy has like elite usage, right? He's currently the tight end eight. He scored 14.7 fantasy points in week four in an absolute blowout. He's going to explode soon enough, and the Cowboys are going to stop playing these candy-ass games. They actually have the second-hardest remaining schedule of any team in the NFL down the stretch, so we're actually going to get to see the Cowboys' real offense come to play where they're not up three scores. And um, again, 51% of leagues, it's cheating, it's over 35%. He's only started in 27% of sleeper leagues, but go, go pick up Jake Ferguson. The guy has been a bucket uh, to start, and I think he'll only continue that uh, that way. Yeah, we will not stop pushing Jake Ferguson until he's like 80% owned because his usage, like you said, is ridiculous. I'm going to cheat as well um, just to take us home here, and that's Cole Komet. Uh, I think that was one of the most positive things we saw out of yesterday's game script through the first three quarters was people kind of forgot um, – Cole Komet was tight end eight last year. Like through the last like three quarters of the season, the dude was legit. He scored seven touchdowns and showed serious chemistry with Justin Fields. If we get anything like this game script that we saw again early on in the game, Cole Komet is probably a startable tight end, man. He caught seven of nine targets, 85 yards and two touchdowns. Like that's one of the best tight end performances by quite a bit this year, given like the tight end position has been Disgusting. He's now tight end three after that week four. For... <laughs> He's now. It's silly. He scored nine like the... points week one, 7.8 points week two, 4.2 points week three, 27 fantasy points week four. Yeah. He is now tight end three on it, the season. It's time to get him back on rosters. Again, he's 57%. That's just about half of leagues. But yeah, he was a he, like he was a huge starter for Justin Fields last year. And you, you nailed it. Yesterday. He had whenever Fields was dialed last season as a passer, it was throwing it was the ball to Cole Komet. And you saw that this week where they actually have a little bit of a chemistry. And I love oh, no. his how animated he gets when he scores a touchdown. He does the home run smash celebration. So sweet. And the only reason we know that is because the guy scores a ton of touchdowns. So I love it. They just signed him to a contract. He's a part of the plans for the for the foreseeable future. So um yeah, I, I like that pick. If Paul Komet's out there, you could do way worse. Um, way worse. Way worse. Way worse, given what we've seen this year. Who do they play? They play Washington, Minnesota, Las Vegas, the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty cake upcoming it's, schedule. It, yeah, it's a pretty yeah, – it's pretty cushy yeah. in terms of defense. They'll probably lose them all, but Cole Komet's going to keep scoring. Um, Before we get out of here, uh, defenses on the rise. 
Um, I'm not, I don't, where it's not showing me available defenses. Um, I don't think they have it in trending. It'll show up in all. Let me see here. Defense is on the rise for this week. I like Detroit. Uh, they are the number 10 overall fantasy defense so far. Nine points against KC, minus one against Seattle, 17 against Atlanta, 13 against Green Bay. They get uh, Bryce Young in week five, Tampa Bay in week six. Um, Baker's been good, but I, I kind of like that matchup for them. Um, other ads that I think are worth it at defense when I'm out here looking at the wire, uh, the Jacksonville defense is owned in – oh, well, they're playing. No way. They're – no chance for Never mind. Jacksonville. I'm trying to see what else. I think the Lions are really the only defense I would be trying to stream next week, right? Do you have if, any other ones? Uh, if Washington's out there, I'd consider it. Yeah, Washington's out there against Chicago. Denver against the Jets. I'm probably not doing that. No, these I'm aren't, actually these definitely aren't not great. doing that. These aren't great. Maybe if Aiden um, O'Connell's playing Green Bay, I'm interested in. Um, that's it. Lions and Manders, and then hopefully you've got something I'd better on the your Lions. team. I think the Lions are the preferred one. I would, you know, for sure. Yeah, against four, Bryce Young, three to four yeah. percent on the Lions. Yeah, um, in terms of Fab, but that's going to do it. Also, I'm, I apologize. I recommended Matt Gay and Chase McLaughlin last week as kickers. That's why you don't recommend kickers. However, I have a absolute money kicker. It's Brett Maher. Um, they kick so many field goals on the Rams, so. He missed two, but hit three and a bunch of extra points. That that, that team's always moving <laughs> the ball. So, uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's it, man. That is a that is a full comprehensive waiver wire show with drops, injury coverage, bye week suggestion fill ins, fab bids. Is, is is anybody doing it better yeah. right now in terms of? Yeah, we gave a couple extra wire? bits this week, man. We we kind of got you a couple little bonus bits. Um. Aiden, before we jump, anything you got to say? Uh, nope. Need twenty points from K nine tonight. So Kenneth Walker, let's uh, let's get that explosive ass in the end zone, man. I need him to score less than fifteen to hold on. Dang it! All right, yeah, well we're, we're kind of at odds. At least one of us will win. Yeah, actually, maybe both. There of might us be a lose. terrible way where we both lose. <laughs> actually, that's worst case scenario. <laughs> it's the Jack. It's the Zach Charbonnet game. Uh, we actually need um, a decent performance out of Kenneth. Uh, Walker and Daniel Jones to secure the dub in uh, Scottish Bowl. So it's okay. uh, pro- pros and cons here. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. <laughs>